Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. From the Financial Times, this is Hard Currency. Some things change, some things remain the same. What's still hanging around are fears about Brexit. What may have changed is the assumption that the dollar is going to bounce back again. Will the world indeed be a very different place, not just after the EU referendum, but after the US presidential election? I'm Roger Blitz, and a very warm welcome to this week's edition of Hard Currency, the FT's podcast on the FX market. And in the studio with me to discuss all of these issues is Jeremy Cook, the senior economist at FX Payments Company, World First. Jeremy, Larry Summers in the FT this week said that while it was obviously clear that there was market sensitivity to the EU referendum on June 23rd, he was surprised that there wasn't market sensitivity about the US presidential election. Do you yeah. agree? I think that, yeah, I think he, I think he is right in so much that a Trump presidency hasn't been priced into markets at the moment to any real extent. I think that market participants are sat there thinking, how would we price in a Trump presidency? The noises that we've heard from Donald Trump on policy, on trade, on immigration have been obviously quite strange, but they've also been varied and not very consistent. So being able to sit there and say he's going to do this to import tariffs, for example, or he's going to do that to trade, trade against China, and therefore we would be able to forecast a hit to GDP of X goes completely out yes. the window. So the uncertainty around it, you would have to say, maybe is a negative against the US dollar. But a lot of people are sat there going, we think Clinton's going to win. So in fact, this year has been a year which the dollar has actually traded in fairly or clearly fundamental ways in rate ways in global economic ways. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, you know, the Fed has wanted people to realise that they are data dependent and that people trading the dollar should be data dependent as well. Whereas the pound has obviously been a mixed story yeah. to some extent about UK fundamentals and indeed US fundamentals, but growing more and more is trading according to this Brexit risk. Yeah. To, to what extent do you think that there's the balances between them? 40 to 60? or Well, between Brexit and data? Yes. I think it's 90% Brexit, 10% data. Right. It is now or it has been all the time. I would say in the past month or so, it's become... Beginning of the year, 50-50, yep. but now certainly industrial production came out, great figure, mm. earlier on this week, and we rallied by about 20 pips in cable for about 12 minutes, and then it came straight back down. Yes. It's The uncertainty around it is just running over every single piece of data at the moment, regardless yeah. of whether it's unemployment, inflation, or sales. Whatever. And yet you look at the sterling spot rate and you see, well, actually, over the course of the year, it's... Surprisingly, only down about 2 to 3%. Yeah, it has been. I think there's, you know, it is the old ugly sisters analogy with currencies. You have to take one of them to the dance, and both of them are pretty ugly at the moment. Fed rate expectations and obviously Brexit. There's also the element of a couple of weeks ago, it was all polls, a lot of polls coming out, and sterling whipsawing around on 48 to remain, 52 to leave, whatever it may be. And traders have sat there, I think, and said, these polls aren't worth the paper they're written on. Mm. We, they're all over the place. There's no discernible trend here. So I can't be able to pick a side. And if I get the wrong side of this come June the 23rd, then I'm going to get ironed out. So be it a 15% you know, move lower if we leave or a 5% remain bounce, as some people are calling it, yeah. then I think liquidity and I think positioning is quite low at the moment. 
And actually, most of the action has been in the sterling options market, yeah. which looks very, very sensitive yeah. and high. Yeah, and we've seen as the vol tickets, or the vol contracts have started to roll into taking mm. in the referendum date. Three months, two months, Yeah, one they've month. got up to about six. And now three weeks and two weeks. Yeah, they're up to about 21 vols. Yeah. Norm, but the normal basis has been about 16, 17. So it's the near-term risk of the polls maybe showing a, a leave vote that's kicked it into that upper echelon of volatility in the past couple of weeks. But you'd have to say with more and more opinion polls, and basically that'd be the only data that we can really ascertain yes. has some semblance of reality with how people will you know, punch the ticket on June the 23rd, that as we get closer, two, three days out, there's a poll almost every day yes. and a debate as well that uh, it's going to be a volatile market. And very sensitive with sterling options. But the week of the referendum, so from the start of the 20th, you're expecting to see sterling spot really start shifting around? Really, really bounce around, yeah. As I said, I think liquidity is going to be really low within these markets. We saw it in Asian trade a couple of days ago, a fat finger in algo or something yeah. like that. And cable ran higher by over a big figure in a minute and then settled back down as everyone realised that it was a result. But it shows just how skittish these markets are. And so are clearly opportunities for yeah, there some are, who want to oh, make a killing. There's definitely opportunities, but yeah. there's obviously the opportunity to get run over as well. Coming back to the dollar, just tell me what you thought of the dollar's shift on the payrolls number of last Friday. Pretty significant, 1.8%. Yeah, it was a significant shift because it was a significant disappointment. 38,000 jobs is a really, really bad number. And I think everyone was sat there afterwards going, is this the number that delays a Fed rate rise or is it the number that says we're starting to roll over and we should start talking about cuts? Now, I don't think we're there yet because we haven't had the revision yet. And previous numbers of that magnitude of a miss, two standard deviations have been revised higher by an average of about 60,000 jobs. Now, that would put us up to 100,000, let's say, give or take, which isn't a great number. But if you believe that you're getting down to the natural rate of unemployment, the wages should start to come higher. And obviously, the marginal gains that we can make in bringing people into work is going to be very fairly low. So 100,000 jobs may be actually quite a good figure. I said, we'll wait and see when that revision comes but out. Before payrolls, you were saying, predicting what on, on the rates path? How about 100? No, on the rates path. On. Oh, sorry. I was predicting a rate rise in September, and that's it for the year. And I'm still with that. You're still with that. I'm still okay. with that. I'd like to see the, you know, there's obviously a risk that it gets kicked out into 2017 now. But it, it very much depends on that revision. Does that change your view about the dollar, though? Do you feel that the dollar's bounce and declining over the course of the year is going to continue depending on how hawkish the Fed is? Or do you think there's something a bit different happening? Do you think that kind of roller coaster flow yeah. is going to end? I think it, I mean, obviously, we go back to rate expectations. And yeah, I think you have to believe that the Fed it will only raise rates if the market knows that it's going to raise rates. It has to be the most transparent rate rise apart from the one we had back in December. So unless we get to a point where interest rate expectations for that given month are above 50%, that they are going to raise rates, the Fed won't raise rates, because they don't want to scare the market, they don't want to scare the horses once again, or much like the taper tantrum that we had back years ago. If they do that, then you have to look at a stronger dollar, because the Fed has given its assent to move strong. Perhaps we need to talk less about whether it's a stronger dollar or a weaker dollar, but how strong and how weak, because it strikes me that there's a lot of sentiment out there that yeah. you know, when we were talking about the dollar bull run Last year and earlier this year, we're talking about it just simply a lot less. Yeah, we are talking about a lot less. And I think that actually a bull run is probably in G10 currencies. I mean, suddenly against sterling, suddenly against the euro, it's probably only got maybe four or five percent left in it. And then we start to talk about normalization paths in the UK, for example. We start talking about a hit to exports in the US and a natural slowing of dollar strength from there. 
So if that's the path from now on, then you know you only have to look at euro dollar down into the mid zeros, one hundred fives, one hundred sixes, that kind of area. Sterling dollar below one forty. Obviously, this is all contingent on us remaining part of the EU, but. Indeed. And how do we factor in how to invest in emerging markets in this climate? I mean, we were thinking, so long as the dollar is weak, you should invest. Then the dollar got strong. So then people left that. They need a bit of clarity over a longer period of time if they're going to make these calls. Is that there? Are we any closer to getting a sense that there's a more sustainable path for investing in EM? I think we need clarity over what's happening in China. It's the simple, it's the biggest elephant in the room, regardless of whether you're talking about EM or just the global economy at the moment, that the data continues to be very, very poor. The PBOC has been deathly quiet as far as stimulus, basically since the Chinese New Year holidays. And regardless of what the fundamentals may be saying in Thailand or Korea or Vietnam or or Chile or wherever it may be, if China falls over or if China looks like it's starting to fall over, then those fundamentals are worth nothing. So that's my risk around taking money out of the dollar and going into emerging markets at the moment is that regardless of what happens in EM, I still think you keep a lot of value in the USD, regardless of whether the you know the EM, EM picture is looking rosier or if China makes it look quite dark. It's a bit like the first half of the year, EM was dependent on the US. Second half of the year is going to be very much dependent on China. Yeah. And the dollar is going to be dependent on China as well, because you know, you have to believe that Janet Yellen sat there th- saying Brexit's a risk at the moment and migrant crisis may be a risk and, you know, Trump may be a risk. He hasn't said that, of course, mm-hmm. but it may be a risk. You've got to believe that China's obviously going to be a risk. They, at the beginning of this year, they were almost tripping over themselves to blame slowness on things. Yes. So it's a problem. Indeed. We, we know this problem is here. And if China starts to wobble, then that's just the latest thing on the list. But there's a big risk to your September call, clearly. Oh, yeah. That it's two months before, you know, US presidential election. So it almost feels like 2016 has become a bit of a write-off even at this stage. Yeah, I think that a lot of people will come out of the back of 2016. You know, I'm not saying that 2017 is going to look any better, depending if, you know, we have a Brexit or maybe President Trump. But I think all things considered, if you come to December the 31st and you are up a couple of percent or even down a couple of percent, the fact that you haven't lost your shirt in 2016 is probably worthy of a pat on the back. (laughs) Food for thought. My thanks to Jeremy Cook at World First. Please join us again next week for Hard Currency. Until then, do follow all the FX news and analysis on ft.com forward slash markets. Do look out next week for all those fluctuations in sterling as we get ever closer to that June 23rd referendum date. From Hard Currency, it's goodbye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you might like to try our FT News podcasts, which focus on one of the main issues of the day and bring you the insights and expertise of our global network of journalists, as well as outside contributors. You can download these at ft.com slash podcasts most days of the week. 